Hello and welcome to Friends of the Force. I am your host, Brad Whipple. And today on From a Certain Point of View, we are joined by Eric Eilerson. Now, Eric's been on the show before at Friends of the Force, but he's also the content manager and editor-in-chief over at utini.com, and he's also the co-host of the Living Force podcast. So today we're going to be talking about legends versus canon, positivity and fandom, uh, collaboration, also be talking about some football towards the end of the show. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and now it's time to find out from a certain point of view what Star Wars means to Eric. You told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Welcome to Friends of the Force. I am joined today on a certain point of view by Eric Eilerson. Eric was on one of our previous episodes when we reviewed Alphabet Squadron and geeked out about all the new books coming out. Eric, how's it going? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm pleasure to have you. We, uh, I think we really hit it off on that episode, and I'm like, this is yeah. not going to be the last time Eric is on Friends of the Force, <laughs> so expect me to keep bugging you in your DMs all the time, whether it's a deep dish pizza gif, a Michigan gif, or just asking you to keep coming on here, because it's going to keep Thanks. happening. You can slide in as many times as you want, dude. <laughs> Speaking of deep dish, if you haven't already seen this crazy thread that's happening, um, which originated on uh, the Living Forest podcast's uh, Twitter at first, then it mm-hmm. started going on the Forest Toast podcast. It was this giant deep dish pizza debate because Eric currently lives in Chicago where uh, the Forest Toast podcast is from as well. But I grew up in Chicago myself for you know, 13 to 14 years. So I'm well-versed in the pizza scene there. And uh, we got all the different pizza chains involved and they are sending Star Wars gifts galore. <laughs> that was insane to me because yeah, you, you called out like, you know, what's what's the best deep dish in Chicago? To which I said, deep dish pizza is for tourists only <laughs> because I don't want to eat my pizza with a fork like a, like a, like a caveman. Uh, and then like Giordano's got in it because someone tagged them and they started getting in on it. And then there were a couple other restaurants that just started tweeting back and forth. And I got to say, when I get back to Chicago, they have earned my business yep. because there are such good sports about it. And they had like, I don't know if they have social media people officially for pizza joints or is it just uh-huh. like certain people have the password. But man, it was a blast. And yeah. the last thing I expected on Star Wars Twitter was Chicago pizza joints tweeting back Going and forth. It. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> And uh, the most recent development is actually Geno's East liked one of the tweets today because we kept calling them out for not uh, not getting involved. They were a little too scared. <laughs> oh my god, the great pizza wars of 2019 started by Star Wars Twitter. Well, while everyone else is talking about your 30 to 50 feral hogs, god. we're over here talking about pizza. <laughs> what is going on with the world anymore? Anyways, but that's uh, that's a little sidebar conversation there. So. <laughs> Eric, you're on the show today. This show's all about you. So why don't you start it off by telling our listeners uh, what you do for, uh, you know, you can talk about what you do for a living if you want, or even just in the Star Wars universe. Uh, what do people got to know about you? Sure. Uh, so, oh man. So in my real life, right away from Star Wars, away from Twitter, I am an actor. That's the idea in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. So last year I wasn't, well, so yeah, tw- last year, 2018 in the spring, 
I wasn't really working on anything, but I was like, I really want to be creative somehow. And I heard Corey, who's the head of Utini and one of my co-hosts on the Living Force podcast, he was on a podcast talking about his new website, Utini, and how it's all about Star Wars books and the needed writers. So I was like, you know what? I want to write stuff for Star Wars. That sounds great. That would get me kind of out of this creative rut. So I emailed Corey and was one of the first people to join him over at utini.com, and I started writing some articles. And now a year and a half later, we've redone the website two different times. We started the Living Force podcast back in April or March or whatever, and it's kind of been crazy from there. Like I got kind of thrown into this entire world of Star Wars internet that I didn't know existed. Like I didn't know Star Wars Twitter was a thing. Mm. I didn't know there were so many Star Wars podcasts to follow. I didn't know there were people that were actually interested in like things like the books and the comics and talked about them all the time. And for the last year and a half or so, that's been kind of my life. I've been chatting with people about the books mainly, but it's been cool to find like Facebook groups and discords about people that want to talk about the films and all in a super positive way because man, it's been rough out here for Star Wars fans. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of people that have been giving us a bad name in the headlines and the amount of just negativity and like quote unquote controversy, if we want to even call it that around things like last Jedi and stuff have been so exhausting that it's been so cool for me to be part of this community now that is so excited about the new content that is critical. Sure. Like we all want it to be good, but is so excited about the creators and is so excited about the universe. And man, that's, that's really been helping me personally for this last year. Like even when, real life work is hard or like, you know, family and friends, like everything can kind of be rough. There's always a great community of Star Wars people to come back to. And knowing that I always have a book or I always have a comic or I can always jump in a discord or on Twitter and see people like you and like the rest of our friends just chatting about Star Wars or pizza has just been <laughs> fantastic. So I guess that's me in a nutshell. You know, I get, I get to talk about Star Wars now for at least an hour a week recorded and I get to jump on Twitter and talk about, like will lark with people right. and i never thought that'd happen yeah it's been fantastic i really align with the way i think you were introduced to this whole community as well because i had zero idea about any of this stuff going on on twitter i was always basically just like oh the clickbaity headlines that's what star wars fans think and then mm -hmm. um i know you weren't able to go to celebration but that for me that was what opened the doors to a lot of stuff because i was like oh my god look at all these fans and all these podcasts that are happening on the podcast stage i'm like this is insane i didn't know any of this existed um so yeah i mean we me and you have both been on this uh, in this uh podcasting for a few months here um but it's great to hear that you kind of felt the same way and i'm sure a lot of people a lot of other people along the way are, are kind of finding that same sense of community within Star Wars, because like you said, there's a ton of negativity out there. But if you look in the right places, you'll find the right groups of people who just love the franchise. And even if you don't like every single thing about the movies, like we know, you know, you don't have to. Um, mm -hmm, but no. at the end of the day, you just need to be a Star Wars fan who um, loves being decent to other people and uh, who respects other people's opinions, even if they don't agree with your own, and uh, who is just a kind human being in general. So those are the kinds of qualities that you you look for in people on, on the internet it's nowadays. Exactly. And it's crazy, man, because when I was a kid, you know, I loved Star Wars, but I didn't get into like the Legends books, that community, right? That kind of like mm -hmm. Same here. underground, somewhat pre-social internet Legends community. So I had no idea there were so many books until like 2015 or so. Like honestly, Force Awakens kind of restarted my whole Star Wars fandom to a, to a huge extent. Like I was always, I always loved it, 
But, you know, there was that kind of quiet time between Revenge of the Sith and Force Awakens where we, we existed, but it wasn't my main, like I was more into Marvel at that point. I was more into sports as a kid than I was into Star Wars. And then when Force Awakens came up, it was like, oh, right. This is amazing. <laughs> this and is what I it's all Right, right, right. And now it's like reading every book. Now I have like an X-Wing tattooed on my forearm. Like, Oh, that's awesome. It's just, yeah, it's just a better, happier life now. And, and it's so exciting that it doesn't look like it's going to stop, which is yeah. good for us podcasters, obviously. But it, it's, it's just kind of an incredible blessing that I'm like, I'm out of school now. So I can buy my own books and movies and toys and things. <laughs> right. But I'm also like, we're also like young enough in our 20s that, okay, I get to be around for who knows how much more Star Wars. It's still good to be very excited yeah. and lively about it. So it's really yeah. best of both worlds kind of thing. And I'm, <laughs> and now were you, were you into like the Legends books and stuff like that back in the day? So I was not into Legends. For me personally growing up, I was like, there is just too much. I, I knew of how much was out there, and it felt like every time I went on the internet, I found a new one, and I was just like, this is too much. None mm -hmm. of these are really – like I didn't know the word canon back then, but I like had the concept of it in my head, so I was like, none of these are canon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't really want to get too invested in any of this. Um, I did read a few books here and there. Like I read the um, young adult Boba Fett series that had like six books and they were like, Oh yeah. I read, I read two of those. Yeah. Yeah. And it had like fun. dirge in it, which was cool. And he was in the mm -hmm. original clone Wars series by um, Gary Tartakovsky. I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was a great cartoon as well. And then the actual clone Wars series that's now Canon came out. So I wasn't really into the, the legends. Um, I don't know. It just, and a lot of it too seemed like super, just like, you know, really like hardcore action. And like, I was like, that's great. That's fun. But star Wars is very like mystical and spiritual. And from mm -hmm. my point of view, it seemed like a lot of that was missing from it, even though I wasn't reading them. So Dude, I don't know if that's how you felt looking back or now reading them, but yeah, in a way. Cause like I, cause since I've been working for Utini, I've gone back and tried to like fill in some of my legends knowledge because you know, we, we want to be able to have as as much information for people that want to join the community as possible. I want to know what I'm right. talking about. But I find myself way more drawn to the new canon stuff because it seems to be written more character-based than plot-based, which is my whole thing. Like, exactly. I'm finding – yeah, I'm finding that some of the older books are really good and really like epic sci-fi stories, and that's really cool. Mm -hmm. But I would much rather take 300 pages to be inside someone's head as they're thinking about their relationship with another person or – you know, uh, you know, handling their own grief or figuring out what yeah. this mystical force is. Like, I'm way more interested in that character evolution, which probably comes from the whole actor thing. Like, I love being in someone's head. But I think that's a really cool direction that it seems like we're going with, with books like, like Alphabet Squadron, right, when we talked about it, was less galactic than the old X-Wing books, but you really got to know the six people a lot more intensely. And in books like Lost Stars, like, it's really mm -hmm. about the two of them in the midst of this giant conflict, but it's really about people first. And totally so, too. The books carry yeah. like a similar tone in some ways. And, and the fact yeah. that it's being developed by the Lucasfilm story group, you, you have a different mental approach to Canon books. Cause you're like, okay, these, this is like the story. Like you can definitely have your own head Canon. It's totally fine. I have my own head yeah. Canon for sure. Um, sure. But it's nice to have like, almost like you're reading a history book, you know, like this is how it, it, it was. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and then, you know, the legends is more of kind of the, the fiction per se of, of the star Wars universe, like the stuff that didn't technically quote unquote happen or whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, mm -hmm. look, looking back at 
I want to get your opinion on this with, you know, I hear always people, you, you, you get some people who, who love legends and also love the new canon, but then you have a group of people who are like, you know, Disney sucks and mm-hmm. legends is where it's at. That's the true star Wars. And like, what's, what's your take on that? Because when that, when that whole thing happened and they, they turned the expanded universe into legends, I was totally fine with it. Cause I, for one who hadn't read, read those books was very excited that we were going to get new star Wars movies where people wouldn't know stuff that I didn't, you know? Yeah. Um, like I didn't want that guy down the street to know what happens to Luke because he read X can or X legends novel. Whereas I never did that. So it's like, there's right. no excitement for me in that respect. Um, for the, for that community, I, so personally, I, I'm with you. I was totally fine when they made legends, legends, but again, I hadn't read them. So mm-hmm. to that extent, I do begrudgingly understand where they're coming from. I really yeah, do totally. because I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these readers, like you spend 20, in some case, 25, 30 years dedicating a large part, part of like your soul and your, your love to this series, all these series, all mm-hmm. these authors. And then in one day, this mega company comes in and says, nope, that doesn't count. We're starting over. Mm-hmm. That's got to feel like a kick on the balls, you know? So I, yeah. I totally do understand that from that point. But at the same time, I've talked to a lot of folks that were big legends readers that have then gone on to the new canon. And if you go in open, they do love it. You know, yeah. I think that there's no one is saying that you shouldn't read the legends books anymore, or you yeah. shouldn't care about them any less. And that's like an alternate reality. I mean, when I was reading Marvel comics a lot, they were the ultimate comics and you had the six one six comics and they're just different universes. It doesn't mean one is necessary. I mean, six one six may be the more mainstream, you know, continuity, but right. ultimate stuff still counts in its own world. And that's fine. You should be able to love that. My only thing is that I, I haven't I have trouble kind of identifying with people when they say the legend stuff should be brought into the canon because it was better and we should we've already written it, so we should just do it that way. And I think that doesn't work on a couple levels because legends spent so much time building up certain truths. Like, you know, the Thrawn trilogy set up so many things and the Mar Jade stuff set up stuff and the solo twins. Like, there's so many cool things that need to happen in order for Legends to continue that have already been contradicted in new canon, mm-hmm. you know? Which which is great, because then now we get new stories, we get new things, and you get to be surprised, and you get to yeah, have that, that moment of revelation, while they still have a lot of homages to canon, which or to Legends, rather, which I think is still really cool and smart of them, because it's, it's acknowledging, hey, we love the community that loves Legends, we love those books, too. So we're going to bring in what we can, but we're also not going to feel beholden to works that, that were created 20, 30 years ago because exactly. we're paving a new path with new stories and honestly with new kinds of characters. Like I, I sometimes have a moment when I'm reading Legends books, not to put them all in this category, right? But I'm like a lot of men talking to men in these books. <laughs> like it's a lot yeah. of rough, tough guys yeah. talking to rough, rough guys. And I'm like that that has its, its time and purpose, sure, but – but now new Star Wars is so diverse and it's getting more inclusive all the time. Very and, important. Yeah, and frankly, those stories are more interesting because you yeah. get a bunch of more points of view and it's so it's so cool to see the whole universe going in that direction. And, you know, like this month, we got A Crash of Fate just came out and it's, it's told from the perspectives of both a man and a woman. We get um, Black Spire coming out and it's a woman starring in it. We get uh, Myths and Fables, which is everyone under the sun is in charge of it. Right. You know, 
it's just yeah there's so a lot many... of good stuff happening and Absolutely. even alphabet squadron um yeah i mean that has a very diverse set of characters as mm-hmm. well so i totally get what you're saying you know i think you said it correctly like it's totally fine for those people to feel that way mm-hmm. um you know because like you said you pour a lot of hours into it my biggest thing is you know if you're going to express that opinion just don't crap on disney because you know it was a business decision it makes sense uh, mm-hmm. because you're you're creating new stories that they're not beholden to so it allows them to be more creative in what they can do and right. that way they're not like they're not feeling like they're letting you down for not following those stories and you, you'd still have people complaining like if they adapted something into a movie and they'd say like oh that's not how the books were like then you get that whole issue going oh yeah because I mean, you got canon thrawn and rebels is like if you're like, well, that's not his point in the timeline. It's like, well, well, no, right. it is. And I think, but I think that also goes the same for the for the Disney community as well, or the canon community. Like, yeah, we we then cannot crap on people that love legends. Like, so I think as long as we're each happy for each other, like, yeah. same thing. If you're a prequel lover, an OT lover, a sequel trilogy lover, just be so happy for people loving what they love. Yeah, tell exactly. them what you love, and then we can all just be happy and send a bunch of gifts to each other. Like, that's totally. what we all want to do here. <laughs> Yeah, nobody's trying to take away, you know, legends or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just certain people enjoy different things. So as long as you're kind to each other and you're positive and, hey, you love, uh, I, I don't like the new canon. I love legends, but here's something cool about legends that I think you might like. Like, that's a good conversation between those groups of people, you know, not like, oh, that's the out group and this is the end group. You know, that's 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 what I don't like to see online. That's, you know, but I think what you're doing at Utini, though, with uh, the rest of the crew is a really great uh, a great idea. I was looking through the website, which if you're listening, go to utini.com. It's fantastically built. I'm I, the first time I saw it, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I wish my website looked like this. Dude, same for amazing. me. That was all Corey, man. That was all Corey design. It was nuts. So your guys's mission, I'm just reading this right off their website. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to get into Utini a little bit. Utini aims to make the EU accessible and fun to explore through a like-minded, positive and uplifting community of fellow fans. Like we just said, um, that's the kind of dialogue that is healthy in Star Wars fandom, healthy, positive fandom where you can make a new friend and uh, you don't create enemies. And your goals is to simplify the understanding of the expanded universe, teach new fans the basics and and uh, help them explore the EU, show new readers the value of canon and legends, uh, and foster an uplifting community of fans that work together, promote positive values and collective joy uh, within the expanded universe. So a lot of good stuff. I see positivity. I see um, working and collaboration. It's a very, uh, it feels like it's, you guys are creating a community over there. Yeah. We're really trying to man. And yeah. And, and I think like a big, a big part of that is involved in the, in the accepting of both the canon and legend stuff. I mean, even in our foundational five books where we try to start people, if you've never read before, we have canon books and we got a bunch of legends books that we are like, Hey man, you should read Bane. It's great. You should right. read it the empire. It's awesome. You know, and it's definitely that point of saying, hey, a lot of things in this fandom can seem intense or if you're just jumping in really overwhelming because you haven't read 200 books or you don't know what Raylo means. Like, it's fine. We got you. We'll we'll hold your hand as you wade through. And then eventually, once you read enough books or see enough movies or, or figure out what your taste is, then you can blast them off and then do your own thing. And then let us know what you think about that so we can help other people as we go on. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. You guys even have a timeline on here too of I believe canon and uh and Legends, expanded yeah. universe. Yeah. Yep. So that's awesome. Uh that that'll definitely help. At least for me, I would love someday to to read some of the legend stuff because mm-hmm. I want to read Timothy Zahn's uh original trilogy. That's that's a goal of mine mm-hmm. um as well because even the cover art for those is beautiful. 
Yeah, um, but what it's is gorgeous stuff? Yeah, what has been one of your favorite expanded universe novels that you've read so far? Because I know you're just getting into it, like you said. Mm-hmm. As far as legends goes, I think my favorite. I'm gonna, I'm going to give you two standalone book. I love Kenobi. I think it's 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 a western. It's a straight up western in Star Wars, which I know Star Wars has a lot of western influences, right? But Kenobi is so much like man walks into town stranger in the world and it's a bunch of people living on a settlement and there's like a sheriff-esque character and mm-hmm. it's it's so good because obi-wan is definitely a major presence in it but there's all these original characters that are so well fleshed out and it gives you just a vibe of tatooine like you feel how hot it is you feel how much they want the water you you feel how afraid they are of the tuscan rangers and how people can kind of manipulate fear in order to further their own agendas and then you have Obi-Wan, who's just trying to hide, yet also can't deny his um, his good nature. Right. You know? And we see you, like, you hear you and McGregor mixing with Alex, Alec Guinness in your head as the book goes on. And it was just, it's a book I read in, like, you know, a couple days because I just couldn't put it down. So definitely love that one and highly recommend it to anyone that wants just a one-off book. You know, no sequels, no nothing. It's just about Obi-Wan. And then the Darth Bane trilogy that I briefly mentioned a second ago is just... It's epic. It is mm-hmm. it is dark side to the point that I think we've all wanted. You know, if you've if you've right. seen if you've seen the movies, you know, Vader and Palpatine and Dooku and Maul, like they're all cool. They all do their stuff, but Bane is just so epically powerful. Makes them look in, like chump meat. <laughs> yes, man, exactly. Like but you start the first book starts with him not being an apprentice at all, just being a minor and being like this, this guy is getting beaten down by life, so he comes to the Force so late. Damn. And you get to see him discover the Force and, and go kind of nuts looking for all these artifacts. And he and he evolves so much and goes a little mad for power, gets his own apprentice. And it's this really cool storyline. And and I think the dark side is, is, frankly, really hard to write. Because, yeah. you know, we don't want to want to say, like, this is correct. Do mm-hmm. this, kids. You know? Um, but at the same time, you don't want to have a protagonist that is ultimately unlikable because then the book sucks. So I think that series does a really cool job of giving us an interesting protagonist that we acknowledge is evil, but we're so fascinated to know how this is all going to happen. And it really goes into the mythology of the Sith and the history of the dark and the true power that can be unleashed if you, you know, take away all the other barriers. Um, and again, a three book saga that flew by when I read it. Yeah. I feel like the Knights of the Old Republic, is that kind of where the Darth Bane trilogy takes place during, right? Uh, Bane's a little, I think it's a little, is it before? One of them's like 3000, one of them's 1000 years ago. Okay. So. Well, I think Darth Bane or maybe even the Old Republic, just speaking again on the, on the legends and you mentioned bringing legends into canon. uh I think that that era might be a really good way to bring back a lot of, very upset people who have jumped off the the bandwagon because again you're gonna then cater to people who have read those books and then also um but then create new diverse stories that are more inclusive and also more creative in a lot of ways but pull a lot of old um tidbits from from those novels like darth bane lore he even darth bane showed up in the clone wars exactly yeah that's that's what i was gonna say i mean freaking mark hamill came back and voiced him like right which was amazing (laughs) And you know that Revan was originally supposed to be in that episode, right? Really? It was supposed to be Bane Ooh. and Revan Ooh. in that episode. Oh, they had, story- that they had storyboards so cool. of it. 
but they thought yeah. it'd be too confusing to have two Sith Lords that no one knew anything about. And also, uh -huh. like, you know, Revan's history. Yeah. Um, like, would he actually be a Sith? It goes, it goes back and forth. But I really love that they brought Bane in at that last thing to say. Yeah, you know, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was an epic. I mean, I, I'm almost through. I'm in season six now with my girlfriend on a rewatch, and we're going to get to that point. And it, it was just such a cool moment for them to, again, acknowledge Legends. Be like, we're, this exists. It's the same yep. name. We're going forward. But leave that door open to, yeah, if they want to do a Disney Plus series on Bane or, you know, I don't think they want to rewrite the trilogy because the trilogy exists. Like, go read it. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I don't think Disney's interested in republishing books with a somewhat weird twist. Yeah. And also, you know? too, even thinking, um, if you... I'm even thinking of this now. If you remake those those novels into movies, you almost sort of discredit the work of the author as well because you're 100%. saying like, "Hey, thanks for the idea. We're gonna make it a movie now, and you're not gonna be involved at all, possibly, dude. Or you might not even get a dime of it." Yeah, and that's why I think bringing Zahn back to do Thrawn was so so cool of them because the new Thrawn trilogy is is honestly nothing like the original Thrawn trilogy because mm -hmm. the the OG Legends Thrawn trilogy, he's the villain. Yeah, You know, he's not the main character. He's not the protagonist. And it's a totally different part of the timeline. And it has totally different characters interacting with him. So they just said, hey, Timothy's on. People love this character. We're going to bring you back. You get to kind of get a blank slate to do what you want with him all over again. But we want you to do it because we're respecting the fact that you created yeah. this. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I love that they brought him back. I love that they, you know, even though the, the Thrawn books aren't my favorite, there's still a ton of good stuff in them. Mm -hmm. that I really think built the universe out a little bit in that time period. Yeah, totally. And just gave us an inside look at, at Thrawn's mind and how crazy of a strategic man he is and the way he uses art and music and, and just the arts in general to figure out his opponents, which is insane. An insane yeah. quality for him. So you're involved with Utini. You guys are doing this great thing over there by bringing the expanded universe to those who are familiar with it or are unfamiliar with it. Now, speaking to your own experiences personally, when were you first introduced to Star Wars growing St up? Man, Star Wars as a whole, it, it's one of those things that in my memory has always just been around. You know, my uh, my mom was, my mom's a Star Wars fan. My dad hates Star Wars and he kind of loves hating Star Wars. Like he'll kind of brag about it every now and then. But my mom has always loved it. And we had the VHSs, you know, the ones that had the, the half faces on them. Yep. Yep. So definitely. That was just watched over and over and over again. I had the Tatooine, or uh, yeah, the Jabba's Palace and the Hoth playsets that I remember having. And it was always just kind of constant in my life as a kid. And I saw the pre prequels all in the theaters. I was a huge Jar Jar kid. Loved him. Had the beach towel with Jar Jar's <laughs> face on it. Um, still at my parents' house. And, I mean, I loved each successful movie more than the last one. Revenge of the Sith blew me away. And... You know, I, I, like I told you, I read some of the Boba Fett books. I read a couple Young Jedi Knights books way back, like the first three or so. And I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. And then it faded, you know, because as a kid, you get obsessed and then you stop, obsessed and then you stop. And I went into basketball and football and, you know, I'm still I'm still really obsessed with football at least. But like Star Wars <laughs> definitely took a backseat to all that stuff. Yeah. As I, as I got into theater more and I got into emo music and all these things that, you know, were more exciting as a high schooler. And then when Force Awakens came out, that, that whole publishing campaign, man, it was the, ooh, 
right, these trailers, I'm watching them and I'm getting chills and I'm remembering how much I love all this yeah. and I I need to be in this world again. And then about a year, I think about a year after Force Awakens came out, I read Lost Stars. It was my first Star Wars book jumping back in and I was just blown away because it's a perfect book. I'm just going to say that. And it is perfect. Make so a second per- one, Claudia Gray, please. <laughs> oh my God. Found We're waiting. Uh, and then I read Bloodline, I think, was next because I loved Claudia Gray so much. And then it's just been screaming through every book I could get my hands on. And yep. that was it. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting now, you know, now I'm 27 now, so I'm kind of still obsessed with things, but I'm trying to like get my focus on what are going to be my lifetime loves, you know? Yeah. I've tried a bunch of stuff. So like, I love Star Wars. I love the Dallas Cowboys. And I love Michigan State University. Oh, God. I'll go without those last two, which we're going to get into a little in a little bit. I wish you hadn't told me the Cowboys thing because I don't think I can look at you the same anymore. (laughs) We have a horrid, horrid fan base. Like a lot of Cowboys fans are the worst. (laughs) But for some reason, like I loved Deion Sanders as a kid. And then I just kept loving the Cowboys. And, you know. Every day I'm getting up and seeing, is there any Star Wars book news? Has Zeke signed the new contract yet? Mm-hmm. Like, th- those are my those are my news articles. He probably won't because he's terrible. Um, he so, is the best rusher in the league purely he, as a running back. He was on my fantasy team, I will admit. Even though he went to <laughs> Ohio State University. I'm not saying the first word in that because no, for reasons. They're garbage. Um, they are garbage. They're garbage. He, he they're garbage. Himself. He yep. redeemed himself for me when he went to the Cowboys. But... <laughs> That, that's the thing. In my fantasy leagues, I will not draft a Patriot because I hate them so much. <laughs> I straight up will never draft a New England Patriot. <laughs> I can't. I oh, despise them wholeheartedly. Oh, if you're a Patriot like... fan listening to this podcast, enjoy your six rings or whatever and then get out of town. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Giants fan, so oh, but I do like God. myself. I do like myself some Brady. That's why I hated when you said the Cowboys. Oh, man. Enjoy your next three to five years of Saquon and that's it. And then Eli 2.0 that you crafted this year. Yeah, but we just got your Brill Peppers. We got my boy back, so we're good. Well, good, because Golden Tate's suspended and <laughs> Sterling Shepard got hurt. <laughs> Maybe he can catch a pass. Who knows? It's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> oh, but my back God. To, this uh, is great. This is going to be a good yeah. season for us. I know. Back to um, back to Star Wars. We'll, we'll get back to the uh, the the topic of sports a little later for maybe some of our listeners out there who love football. But with the Force Awakens, it not only awakened the Force within the Star Wars universe. It was literally like a statement on the fandom too, because I, I felt the same exact way as you. It was missing from my life for so long. It was starting to not be as prominent. You know, I watched the movies every now and then, did my marathon, but it wasn't like I was reading books all the time or always thinking about it to the point where now I go every minute of the day pretty much doing something involving Star Wars, uh, even right. out while I'm at work, you know, pretending to take a, you know, a lunch break or whatever. I'm just like in the back, <laughs> just like texting, you know, on Twitter or whatever. But um, it really did awaken the force within all of us again, because we refound that love for it. And we're like, wow, this has been missing from our lives. We didn't realize it until now, but now that it's so prominently back and we're crying at the trailer where Han says, Chewie, we're home. We understand again. Yep. I mean, and that dude, was why it was so special for The Force Awakens to to come out when it did. That trailer was one of my, like, you know, like those moments frozen in time. You remember where you were. Yeah. Like, yep. I was, I was, I, I substitute teach as well for a day job because acting doesn't pay a lot. But um, <laughs> I was, I was, I was substitute teaching in a school. And I remember that between class periods, 
I just turned on the trailer on, on the teacher's computer I was using it with the sound off because kids were coming in. I just watched it and just like <laughs> had chills and like was pacing around the room and I'm like, I got to keep working, but oh my God. Mr. Like, Eilerson, why are you sweating? Why are <laughs> like, you sweating so much and crying? You don't even know, <laughs> child. You'll find out. <laughs> oh, but yeah, dude. I mean, that's, I saw Force Awakens in theaters eight times and it was like, oh, so good. It was I, I, so, mm. it was just like hanging out with friends. Like, yeah. like the friends being like Finn, Ray, Poe, you know, go, going to the theater on the weekend and just by myself pretty yeah. much every time and just letting it, letting it wash over me. And I knew that no matter what was going on in the world for those two and a half hours, I was happy. I was mm-hmm. excited and I could just watch this amazing thing that I fell in love with just kind of, you know, wash over me and make everything okay. Seeing movies alone is completely underrated, by the way. If you're out there and you're afraid to go see a movie right now because you don't want to go alone, go turn off this podcast right now and go see that movie because it is acceptable and I do it all the time. It's the best. It is great. I love it. And the thing I like, I think I don't like about going with groups of people is you always have the one naysayer who has, you you like the movie and then they just shit on it the entire time afterwards. And you're like, this is not enjoyable. So I've had that experience once and I don't go with groups anymore. I maybe pick like one person every now and then and they have to be like, they got to pass the litmus test, man. They, got, <laughs> they can't go with me. So I picked someone real special who I roomed with. Uh, I don't know if she's listening to this right now. Her name is Jessica, but we went, we got there like two and a half hours early because I just couldn't wait. I was like, mm-hmm. no, nope, not studying for my economics final. Don't care. <laughs> and we got like chicken nuggets before we got like milkshakes and everything. We were going ham at the theater. I was mm-hmm. so ready. Um, it was such a unique, it was a holy experience. Like movies are my church, my version of church. <laughs> yeah, dude, same for me. I mean, that, that's what Star Wars movies are so specific and, and with who you can go with. I agree because we, we can't censor ourselves when I watch a new Star Wars movie. You know, I yeah. want to be able to be so open about everything that I'm loving. I want to be able to freak out and I want to leave yeah. and just feel perfect. And yes. that's how, I mean, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rogue One, Solo, like just experiencing them as I did with the people I chose to go with was, was perfect because mm-hmm. it was just excitement and joy. And, Oh, I mean, episode nine is going to be, uh, I don't yeah. know. My, like my mind shorts so... out when I try to imagine what it's going to be like, cause it doesn't make sense how glorious it's going to be. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm, I'm so ready for it. Do you remember the first time, where were you when you first, I, I want to ask you two questions. Where were mm-hmm. you when you first found out Disney had acquired Lucasfilm? Mm-hmm. And where were you when you saw the very first teaser for The Force Awakens uh, on that Thanksgiving? It was that Friday after Thanksgiving, I believe. Man. Um, so what what were those days like for you? At the Disney acquisition, I, I, I think I was at work. Because um, I remember seeing it and it didn't quite hit me in the same way, you know, it hit me in a way of like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh? It was more of a, um, like a curiosity. I wasn't concerned. Yeah. I wasn't excited. I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense because you know, we hadn't gotten movies in a bit. Right. And I was like, okay, that makes sense for George Lucas. He got a lot of money that I remember that being my thought was good for Lucas. Good for him getting that billions of dollars. Yeah. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for him because because, you know, I... I that was, Disney made back in three years. <laughs> right. But, you know, we were old enough at that point to to realize the hate that he got out of the prequels and how stressful life yeah. was for him and yeah. how sad this thing that he loved had made him at a certain point because people were sending him such angry, you know, emails and, and videos and all these things. 
So I think on that level of, on that empathetic human level, I was like, good for you, George, got your money. Um, because I didn't quite fathom what we were going to get. You know, I, I didn't quite click in yet. And in that first teaser for Force Awakens, I just remember being kind of like stuck in my chair. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what? Huh. Because I, I didn't think I had any expectations. Because my, my favorite thing is is to go in with no expectations as much as Absolutely. possible. I mean, obviously, yeah. with these movies, my expectations get higher and higher as I love them more. But yeah. I, I don't go in with like fan theories because if I ever get it too attached to a theory and it doesn't happen, I feel like it'll make me dislike a movie for no fault of the film. It'll just be yeah. that, oh, I had this great idea, which which honestly is a lot of the discourse online. Is, yeah, well, exactly. I had this idea that didn't happen, so I don't like this. Which is like, but don't you see how the story was just good? So, so that was me with the teaser. Like, I didn't try to think of anything that was going to happen. I didn't predict anything. And I was just kind of dumbfounded because I'm like, Star Wars is back. And it was that simple. You know, yeah. a thing that I never thought was going to happen. I thought it was over when I was 12 or wait, 14. And it's not, we're getting more and how freaking cool is that? And then every six, and then I watched it again and again and again, and, so I and then it started to rev up like an engine. And with each successive thing, it was just realizing, Oh my God, this is happening. And we're getting three more. Yeah. Because I didn't even think about Rogue One or Solo, like, I didn't, or Disney Plus. You know, that wasn't a thing yet. We didn't have that idea. God, Rogue One. Oh, just <laughs> freaking Rogue good. One. Dude, when I saw Rogue One for the first time, I liked it a lot. And then the next day I was like, I don't know. Was it good? Was it really great? And then I saw it again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you idiot. It's awesome. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> of course it's great. And like every time I watch it now, I, I sobbed. love it more. I sobbed. It, that movie is so tough because you go from sobbing, especially when Chirrut Emway dies, and oh. then you're going to like, while you're trying to like get yourself back together, all of a sudden Vader is just slaughtering all these rebels. You're like, oh god! You're like, I'm just crying, and now I'm screaming and like <laughs> flipping out and like in my chair, like, oh my god, my knees are up to my chin, and I'm like rocking back and forth. It's crazy. It's such a whirlwind of emotions. That's one of the things is that if you if you're a person that doesn't like the Disney acquisition or doesn't like any of that stuff, you're somehow watching the last 45 minutes of Rogue One and being like, nah, not for me. Yeah, like, that's what, what I can't understand. I I. The whole Vader hallway scene is incredible, but it's not it's not remotely my favorite part of the movie. Like I mm -hmm. honestly think I love the, the the arrival on Scarif and the space battle even more than the Vader scene. The Vader even scene Edu. is great. Even Edu, yeah. Yeah, like, the music that plays during that when they get picked up in the ship and she, Jin's still reeling from her father dying, like that mm -hmm. music, which that's like the most underrated score of any Star Wars film, yep. I think. I would I would put that probably in my top three. Dude, I put that in solo. Honestly, like, I mean, so, John the solo, did a great job. Yeah, the solo soundtrack is something that I go back to over and over. Like when Han and Chewie are just flying together for the first time, or mm -hmm. when they're like, you know, they just showered off and they're just chatting. The little French horn solo that goes <laughs> into the background, like, God, your heart just, your heart swells. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah, it's it's insane. The the new movies are great. I, I mean, again, like you don't have to love everything about them. Um, you know, there's definitely things in each of them I don't particularly like. Um, sure. But overall, I, I love what they stand for. And I love, I, I mean, I pretty much love everything about them, honestly. Yeah. There, there's very little. It, when I say, like, there's a few things, I really mean there are very <laughs> few things that I dislike about mm -hmm. these new movies. And they've, it's just been wonderful to be brought back into this world. And I know you feel the same. 
Yeah, and some of my friends, you know, um, I like to talk about movies with them because I, I think my friends are very intelligent. I think they're very cool. And we talk about some of the stuff that they don't like in Star Wars that, that I find not as awesome. But it's interesting because I will find a way to excuse in my mind some things I don't love to make it something that I really like. Yeah. So, like, so like, for instance, I, I don't adore the Cano bite sequence in Last yeah. Jedi, right? <laughs> That's what my but, mind went to. <laughs> but that being said, I have, I have talked about it enough that I, I think that what it says about war profiteering and what it says about, you know, mm-hmm. the actual nature of war is really kind of incredible. And it's something that Star Wars never touched before. It never touched the yeah. fact that the good guys also have to buy arms and also have to take life and these people that own like these children as slaves are making money off of both the good and the bad. And yeah, at the end of the day, powerful stuff. yeah, like we can be so happy that we're winning a battle as the rebels or the resistance, but these people are getting rich no matter what. So, so whenever I watch that now I've input that in my brain as I watch it, then it mm. makes it so much cooler. And I acknowledge that's something that I consciously do, which like, there is the argument that you shouldn't have to do that in a movie or you shouldn't want to do that in a movie. That's fine. You don't have to. But I like doing that because it enhances my viewing. So yep, that's been exactly. my choice as a fan, which I think is another cool thing we get to do. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because I feel like as it's in our nature to just approach things and want to find things to dislike. It's really, mm-hmm. really strange how, we're op- how we operate. It's a lot easier to, to dislike something and yell about it than it is to love something and yell yep. about it. So in in the Rose line, I, I've after doing this podcast, the whole thing about celebrate or uh, save what we love, not fight what we hate, sort of mm-hmm. thing. I've I have a new look on that because it's so true. It's it's actually so so true, because wouldn't you just enjoy these movies and enjoy everything about Star Wars if you just accepted it mm-hmm. and just enjoyed what it is for what it is and just yeah. not nitpick and not be angry and not hate. Yeah. Because that's just it's just so much better for your own life to smile more and be happy and make friends than it is to be grumpy and say mean things to people online and bully other people. Yeah. Like you just lead a better life and it just you'll you'll find that you're happier about the things that you're doing in your personal time as well and it seeps into every other aspect that yeah. you're dealing with. That's why I've been with the with the you know, the EU new canon books, some of them. Like like as we mentioned earlier, I really don't care for the new Thrawn books that much. But I'm so excited when I see people online and in our discords and stuff talking about stuff that they love. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Is there a possibility that can change my mind? Because that'd mm-hmm. be awesome. I, I would love to see these in a different light because yeah. that makes my life better because then I love more things, you know, which mm-hmm. is such a, a cooler way to look at the universe is saying, you know what? I didn't like this at first, but then someone said something that just flipped a different switch and now I love it. So now I love yeah. more things than I hate. Therefore, I'm happier. Oddly enough, I felt that way about Thrawn Treason. I came off that book and I even messaged you. I was like, uh-huh. I did not like that at all. Yeah. And then as soon as I, after I messaged you, I listened to Tarkin's Top Shelf review and uh-huh. I was like, okay, I like this book now. It's not, it's still not like the best, but I like it way more than I thought it. I, I did. And that's just the great thing about Star Wars is like you, your opinion can change just because yeah. you don't like The Last Jedi one year doesn't mean you won't eventually like it. And even thinking back to Empire Strikes Back, that movie got crapped on, I'm pretty sure uh-huh. in the reviews. And now we consider it the best film of the Star Wars franchise. So it's like, right. who's to say we won't look back at The Last Jedi the same way 25 years from now, even though I don't, I mean, sure, it's maybe quote unquote divisive, but I still think um, the the hateful minority is so loud because it's like, it's like the thing with uh, reviews and surveys that, that bias mm-hmm. that if you hate something, 
you feel more strongly and are likely to comment about it or review something because mm-hmm. of it. Whereas if you like the movie, you don't really feel the need to have to review those things or talk about it online. So that's why that hateful minority sounds so large, even though it's just still the few all coming forward at once. Dude, yeah. I mean, as an actor, if I get if I have someone say they loved a show I was in, I'm like, cool, that's great. Mm-hmm. And if I have 18 people say that, I'm like, cool, that's great. But if I have one person that says they didn't like it, that's what sticks with me. Yeah. Like that, that's what I will remember as a performer because it affects me more because it's just a stronger emotion, which is sad. But I think that's what's, that's the whole reason that the Star Wars podcasting community exists is because yep. we're all like, fine, we'll yell about it because we'll, we'll love this. We will, we will be the roses in the world and we will actually take this over and, you know, find ways to shout about how much we love things. Like, like for instance, last week, um, on the living force, we had the force toast, uh, folks on, which you mentioned earlier and who are awesome, by the way, go listen to force toast. If you have not, Agreed. And, and, uh, Alice, one of the co-hosts, her favorite movie is attack of the clones. And I was like, really interesting. But then when she described it brought her so much joy and she just digs it so hard. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, why not? It's at the bottom of my list, but that doesn't give me the right to take it off the top of someone else's. Because Absolutely. if she has a great time seeing all those lightsabers and Geonosis and seeing the Yoda fight and, you know, the, the, the beauty of some of those shots on Naboo, like, by all means, love that and, and have a great time. And there's nothing for me to gain by telling her she's wrong, but there's everything for her to gain by telling me what she loves about it. And that's what happened. Yep. And I'm like, and it, and it kind of made me want to watch Clones. Yeah, exactly. Which I might no. soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nobody likes a person that complains all the time. Nobody likes people that... When you tell them you like something, they respond, oh, that's shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes that. It's it's just be supportive of each other and find new ways to look at things by having those conversations. Yeah. And and make some new friends and get some new appreciations. Just because you don't like The Last Jedi, you can like certain things about it. Just like how maybe Attack of the Clones is not your favorite, but Alice has changed your mind a little bit about some yeah. parts of it that now you can go back, watch it, and be like, oh, that's what she meant by that. Like, I, I do enjoy this part now because of what she told me. Exactly. And that's the great thing. It's it's always malleable. It's not, like, rigid and unchangeable. Um, yeah. And you also get surprised own... sometimes, too. Because, yeah. like, before we started recording, you and I were talking about um, Star Wars Myths and Fables, which just came out this week, and how much of a weird surprise it was how good this book is. And it's, like, yeah. it's a kid's book of <laughs> essentially, like, fairy tales. And, you know, neither one of us have kids at this point. But we got it because it's Star Wars. And then reading it just brought us so much joy and happiness. And, like, I'm going to be screaming about that book now because I'm like, hey, guys, do you know about this? And the people on Twitter that I've talked to about it, I've already gotten, like, three or four people to order it and that have been like, oh, I wouldn't have thought about it. But how cool. And then we get to, like, that author and illustrator get – I mean, one, they get to get some money, which is always great. Help them out. But they also get to have the experience of people loving their work, which, again, as an artist – is kind of an invaluable thing because when you're working in a void, especially some of these authors, man, like Twitter has been so cool because they can see those of us that love their work and tag yeah. them and say, Hey, great book. Thank you for bringing me happiness. When they're just mostly behind a keyboard all day, kind of wondering if what they're doing is any good is a whole new, exciting part of this fandom, which exactly. I think is, you know, some of us making up for the fact that some of the, actresses and people were bullied off of social media all right how can we now help the people that are on there how can we make their lives good it's all about positivity it's all about being just a good person Uh, we can all be better people at the end of the day uh the world would be a lot better place exactly 
talking more on your your connection to Star Wars, mm-hmm. what do you think it is about Star Wars that really vibes with you, that, that makes you get those chills when you watch the trailer, that makes you not be able to put down myth and fables? Like, what is it about this universe and this galaxy far, far away that really just speaks to your soul? I think it's it's the love and the hope, man. I think that it's just, you know, when Luke is looking out at the twin sons and Last Jedi and New Hope, and then and the music swells a bit, and he just knows there's hope that things are gonna get better, or there's the knowing that he did something wonderful. That's that's Star Wars. When it's people like Thane and Sienna and Lost Stars, or Jules and Izzy and Crash of Fate, that are in these crazy situations, but they know they got each other. You know, it's it's the relationships that they have. It's it's the it's the smuggler that comes back at the end of the day because he's got to help his friends. It's, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. I love the dark stuff. I love the fighting. I love the, the starship, like the, the badass epicness of it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, I just love these people. And I love how this galaxy brings people together. And I love kind of how much hope they put in each other. And how no matter what's going on in the seedy galaxy, as is honestly, it's a dirty galaxy, Star Wars. You know, when it really comes down to it, it is dirty. People are always, you know, kind of scraping by. But most of the time, you got a ship, you got a couple folks beside you, and you got enough money for a couple ales, you're good. And there's (laughs) something peaceful about that, that if my life is too crazy, I can just, my mind can be calmed by that. Because... Mm -hmm. They love each other. They're going to be by each other's side. And at the end of the day, light's going to win. And that's all yeah. there is to it. So we we love to identify with the story of good versus evil, mm-hmm. David versus Goliath. Yep. And I think this franchise really gets that. And it came out in such a pivotal time in our, in our history as a country, mm-hmm. you know, in the Vietnam war and post-World War II, where it was very much good versus evil. Like people weren't even sure if we would make it through World War II, like would we mm-hmm. be invaded? Right. Um, and that's why I think George Lucas was just so genius to, to do what he did with the Empire as a, as a, uh, a staple of, of the universe and mm-hmm. how much they rule and how much they instill fear. And that's and that's why we identify with the rebels, like you said. And even though if you like the dark side a lot, which is really cool, and they got capes. Right. Um, we really like strongly feel for those heroes and that hope, because for so long as a civilization, we had hope that we would get through such a dark time in our own lives mm-hmm. and see our heroes come home and live a normal life again that that's why it's so so powerful of a, of a story yeah and, and at a point you know in the country right now where there's there is a lot of i mean u.s specifically i know you have some international listeners um but all, i mean all over the world there, there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. and there's a lot of divisiveness and there's a lot of people that are saying you should be afraid of people that are different or you should be angry at you know whatever i can turn on rebels and i can see a twi'lek and a kid and a human and a Mandalorian all working together in this dingy ship to bring hope to a couple people, even if it's just, even if it's just feeding them for a day, yeah. even if their goal is just to help this little village out, they can do that. And there, I can see this this alphabet squadron full of people from different racial backgrounds, full of different sexual identities, full of different everything that are coming together to help people and even work with their enemies at certain points. Like, there's always a hope that you can help someone next to you. And if you're down, someone's going to help save you because like Rose Mm -hmm. said, you know, we're going to save what we love instead of fight. What we hate is so aggressive and it's so tense. Yeah. You know, 
I it, love it, that line now. I love it. It's so great because you seriously so good. You know, you had the idea where you know put yourself in the situation. Would you rather if someone makes you really angry, you know, go over and beat them up because they make you angry, or are you defending someone that you love right next to you if they get attacked? You're absolutely mm-hmm. going to defend someone that you love because it's 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 just a natural thing to do because you're protecting and you're keeping people safe and it's you know at the end of the day it's fake and it's in space let's never yeah. forget that like and, yeah. and there's and there's a lot of humor to it but there's it's so hopeful at a time when i think that's what people need and i don't think there's ever going to be a time when we don't need hope and we don't need some light so yeah. i think the fact that we're going to keep getting more star wars is is beautiful because every six you know every generation going forward gets to have their bit of hope and gets to have their their halloween costume represents someone that's bringing a little light into the galaxy yeah and even though it is just a movie you know decades from now it's going to be just as uh, just as much of a staple in our literary history as you know shakespeare and and all that all those guys are now and it's it you know, literature and film and arts is so pivotal to yeah. telling our story as a as a civilization across the entire world. And it's what has allowed us to look into the past mm-hmm. at prior civilizations by architecture and art and hieroglyphics and stuff like that. And I think Star Wars is going to be that for our age. I think um, so, yeah. Of, of the message that it sends and how deeply rooted it is in monomyths and the hero's journey and, um, like you said, hope. Yeah. Um, which I think makes it so so powerful. Yeah. How do you how do you think you might be different without Star Wars in your life? Uh, wow, that's a that's a good question. Think of a parallel. Uh, yeah. Uh, multiverse. Right where I don't. Um, I'd have a little more dispendable income. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. That is definitely. I want to go talk to the Eric and the Brad in that universe. Like, hey, what's your guys' uh, savings account look like? Um, well, it's not not doing so hot right now for me. Say, he probably has one. That's the difference. Um, <laughs> but I I think that I mean I probably am a little more obsessed with I don't know something else with with uh, with probably a little more with other sports probably a little more with you know other kinds of media. But I think I also I don't know about this community. You know I don't yeah. get to write as much. I don't get to I don't read as much. I don't get as excited about things. I think that's the thing that Star Wars did was that it gave me permission to just kind of let the passion flow 100%. Because those, you know, in our daily lives we can love stuff a lot, but there's just this societal idea that you should you should always temper what you love just just enough because don't be that guy, don't be weird about it. But Star Wars there's kind of this community now online and this community even in the world to an extent that allows us to be 1000% excited about it. And mm-hmm. I think that's really what what changed for me was that I I'm so used to apologizing for what I love in the world. Like I love Dungeons and Dragons, I love Star Wars, I love comic books, I love theater. Like I, a lot of things that in the general populace of America are getting better but it still aren't like cool to just be all out about, yeah. you know. But Star Wars is now because of people like you and people like, you know, Alderanian Rose and the Star Wars Sessions guys and Force Toast and all these people online were all just like telling each other it's okay to love this. It's okay to be excited. So now when the next trailer drops, I'll share it no matter what. When the next TV show drops, I'm going to watch it in a day and I will feel no shame about it. So yeah, alternate universe me, I think he's still doing as fine as I am, whatever that means. But I, I think he's still a little worried 
to be as excited about things. And yeah. I'm really thankful to Star Wars for letting me be 100% passionate about stuff and have no shame about it. Life is too short to worry about what other people think. Mm -hmm. And I think also people gravitate towards confidence and towards passion. You know, you take somebody that don't you want to surround yourself with people who love the things they do, even if it's super weird, like people probably look at the five Oh first and think like, that's really weird. Those people dress up in star Wars costumes, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't think that to be very clear. Right. (laughs) Um, But I'm saying like other people who are in the star Wars might think that or might laugh at it, but it's like those people love what they do and that makes them happy. That is amazing. They go out and they go to hospitals and they make little kids happy who are like dying and who are going through a crisis at like the age of like one through 10. Like that makes them happy. That brings a smile to their face. Like the work that they do is just as important as anything else. Yeah. And that's what they love. So let's all, you know, give support to that and let them be who they are. Like, don't worry about what other people think. You do you and you, 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 you run with it. Yeah. Like you, you go read the story of R2KT and you tell me you don't, you know, devolve into a blubbering mess, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel that same way about all kinds of different passions too. Like there, there is, and and a lot of my, um, you know, my theater life, there's a huge division because of how everyone was in high school between theater and sports. There, we're all, we're still mad at the jocks and the sports people still don't quite get plays or whatever. So there's this constant back and forth. And as someone who walks in both worlds, you know, I really try to be an advocate for saying, hey, like, I know these institutions may not be great. I mean, God knows the NFL is corrupt and crazy. But, you know, th- these type of things bring people together and create communities. And shouldn't it's so easy to celebrate that, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's not keep those like 14, 15 year old judgments in our hearts when we're seeing that, you know, me and my dad talk about football every week during the season. And that, mm-hmm. and that makes us both so happy. And it, it's a thing that I'm going to treasure for the rest of my life. And, you know, that shouldn't be taken away because we don't understand it. Same with yeah. plays that I do. You know, my friends that watch football with me shouldn't understand how deep that can go in my soul as well. So I think this kind of Star Wars community mindset can expand into so many other things to the point where everyone eventually is just happy that everyone else is happy. Yeah. And that's why something like Celebration is so great. Oh, I can't wait and for I'm next so year, And I'm so excited for you to go next year. Oh, and I'm excited to meet you in person. Yeah, gonna be dude. fun. Speaking from my own experience, it's unlike anything you're, you've ever experienced in your life because it's you just turn to the person to your left or turn to the person to your right and say, hey, you like Star Wars? Where are you from? Let's be friends. Like that's mm-hmm. It's just so easy. And that the fact that there is a place like that exists um, – regardless of how much it racks up the bills right uh is is special i'm like you know what the cost for me is worth it i'll do whatever i have to do to save it up save up for it because it means so much to me and so many other people like let's support this kind of uh event so that it continues to happen for people in the future that's the kind of thing i never want to go away um because it it helps people take their first steps into a larger world. As, as Obi-Wan says, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so incredible. Your, your fandom is going to change when you go. It's, it's, you're going to, dude, like I'm gonna, so ready and I'm never going to be ready at the same time. <laughs> and there's, cause I, I bring such... hand sanitizer. It's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I might get a tattoo. I might do it. I might go to that pavilion and be like, all right, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling emotional. Put it on. Get me. a wa- get a Will Lark sleeve. <laughs> oh my God. Don't test me, man. <laughs> Love it do it i just can't wait i'm yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so glad at first when they announced it was going to be in august instead of april 
for celebration, I was like, oh, I'm bummed. I got to wait. But now I'm like, oh, no, now I get four more months to save money. So that's probably a yeah. good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. You, uh, one one other thing, yes, I heard you mentioned, you, you're definitely into D&D, which on your, on the Utini website in your bio, you say you create D&D campaigns. Yep. Something that, that, that struck me when I read that and heard you mention uh, D&D, I'm not a huge Dungeons, Dungeons & Dragons um, player, I don't know if you've actually, have you gotten Sam Witwer's book on Dungeons and Dragons? Have you heard about it? I've, I've, I received it as a gift last Christmas and I, it's been on my shelf and I can't uh-huh. wait to someday have the time to look at it. <laughs> Art in Arcana, I believe yeah. it's called. Yep. It's, um, it's a gorgeous book. Yeah. So I was going to recommend that if you hadn't already seen it, but mm-hmm. Sam Witwer, for those of you, I'm sure you all listening know who that is, but it's the voice of Maul and emperor palpatine and clone wars and rebels and coming back for season seven he's a great guy he's mm. uh he loves star wars so what would you think of I, maybe i just don't know is there like a D out there in the star wars universe is there something like that and you being somebody who's into that uh area like would you like to see that developed um what could be the potential there yeah there there is uh luckily there's a thing called um well there's a whole system that they created fantasy flight games called okay. the edge of the empire was like you know one of the books that came out so they have different rule books ones for like the time of the empire ones for prequel era they're making ones for sequels so they definitely exist and i've played i played one with the utini folks last year we tried it out and it's a ton of fun because you get to you know make your own star wars story and they had i mean they've been making them for a bit they made some in the 2000s that weren't quite as accessible Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're making new ones now, and it's a cool way to incorporate. Yeah, if you love tabletop role playing, and you don't know about it, go on a uh, Fantasy Flight Games, just Google them, and you can get some of their reference books. And they got it's all your typical D and D stuff. You make your own character, you're rolling dice, you're shooting blasters, you're hanging out with Wookies. It's awesome. They had a pretty big uh, booth in the exhibit hall at Celebration, which that was the first time I'd ever seen anything from them. I didn't know that they were more into that kind of. Uh, that's how it that's how it operated yeah but, yeah yeah um their their setup was really cool they had a bunch of cool art up there mm-hmm. uh, they had tables with people playing the game it's oh, yeah. so fun and they there also so have many, like so many that, people involved there's like x-wing miniature games and stuff too that i keep yeah. hearing about which is cool and man do i can i not afford to play that game because it's <laughs> like you can buy every ship that's ever existed and they all have different stats and they all cost different amounts it's i mean oh, it's cool god if i so worked for a tech company expensive. i'm sure i would but you know god star wars they were like oh what am i gonna do with my life i'm gonna take up the most expensive hobby ever (laughs) be a star wars fan (laughs) (laughs) something i really always wanted to play is um star wars rebellion i don't know if you've heard of that board game i know it's it's actually by fantasy flights flight games i don't know if that's in the similar vein of what you're yeah i have played it's it's not just a straight up board game but my buddy has it and we've we've had nights where we each just buy a six pack and I go over, we throw on one of the movies and we just play rebellion and it's oh, like a three or so four hours fun. and we just get wasted and play star Wars and watch star Wars. I've never played it, but I so desperately want to buy it or like get it as a gift. And yeah. I'm like, who am I going to play this with? I'm just going to watch it gather dust. Cause <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know anybody locally that would want to play this game. That's the problem. I got like, yeah, I got like one friend that does. And there's also a outer rim is, a, is one that just came out where it's like, you it's it's the same board game thing but you you get a ship and then you assemble a crew and you do missions together throughout the galaxy oh really but you can play it by yourself i think i think outer rim oh yeah i do see it i'm on amazon right now i do see this uh star wars outer rim yeah yeah 51 dollars 51 don't tempt me amazon prime (laughs) god damn you 
Two to three hours of gameplay, one to four players, ages 14 plus. I am over 14, believe it or not. Excellent. Um, Good. Based on my voice. <laughs> but this did come out May 31st, 2019, so relatively new. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. And there's a Fantasy Flight one for Lord of the Rings, too. I got to get off. No, nope, yeah, you got to go. Do it. You got to go. No. Abort. No, 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 no. your wish list. Nope. 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 <laughs> Deleting the wish list right now. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the thing. There's always more stuff. And, and part of me is like, you know, you hear people say, oh, they just want money. They're just, making, they're just making these things to make money. And part of my brain says, well, yeah, that's their job. I That's how <laughs> the economy. <laughs> no one's making you stories just for fun, man. Like, they're, they're, I'm going to make you a game. So, yeah, I want you to enjoy it. But, I, but they also got bills to pay, you know? Also, yeah, and also support it and give them money so they can continue to make more games. Exactly. Oh, so, let's, that, that's... Yeah, that 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 argument has never really held weight for me. Like, they're only making yeah. these new characters to make toys. I'm like, oh no, they're making these so children are happy. What assholes? <laughs> <laughs> sure, whatever. Oh gosh. Well, we've covered a lot about Star Wars and your uh, your experiences with Yatini and growing up with Star Wars and how you've connected with the novels and just in general how you think you'd be a different person without Star Wars. Oh, um, what a dark life! Up. What a dark life it would be, my friend. I know. Oof. Man, I don't even <laughs> want to go there. Mm. Um, the world itself would be a much different place. In film, in general, it would be yeah. very, very drastically different. Let's not yes. forget to mention that. Oh my God, ILM, bless them Oof. for existing. Yep. Um, you wouldn't have thing. You wouldn't have Pixar because no. Pixar was the result of a bunch of people leaving ILM to start their own animation studio. There you so, go. There you go. You're you welcome. Wouldn't have Toy Story. <laughs> What would you be doing if you weren't crying in the theater watching Toy Story 4? Like, who, who, what, what who would your would life a, be like? Yeah, would DreamWorks win all those animation Oscars? Come on. No, no, Absolutely I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. They don't deserve it. No, I'm just kidding. They're great. <laughs> um, so I got to mention, first thing I'd ever learned about you was you went to my rival college. So I'm a University of Michigan yep. graduate. You are a Michigan Absolutely. State graduate. For those of you who don't know, um, traditionally, Michigan State is the little brother to Michigan. You do um, say that so a lot. That yeah, y'all the... do. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... They're about a 40, 45, 50-minute uh, mm-hmm. distance from each other in the, the state of Michigan and in the southeastern central portion of the state. Um, so for any of our Michigan listeners out there, if you're listening to this episode, please comment on the Twitter posting of it and let us know, just only by GIF, if you support the, the blue or you support the uh the, yep, yep, the green and the green and white. And if you wanna <laughs> post any gifts of um Michigan being horrified when we beat y'all at football a bunch, uh feel free. Not lately, Harbaugh's great. I'm gonna give you credit. He's a good coach. But I went to Michigan State when we had Kirk Cousins and Le'Veon Bell at the same time. And um uh wow. when Draymond Green was on the basketball team, like it was the best the best time to be at Michigan State. Like D'Antonio had the heart attack. Bradley beat Notre Dame, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say that uh, some people like to posture and call people little little sisters and things, and uh, maybe that doesn't go well for them sometimes. I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe when the host says it to somebody, they don't come back on the show That's because so they don't like That's me so anymore. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's it, that was, it, it's just a chance. Of, it's all friendly. It's all oh, friendly. Yeah. I mean, and also at the end of the day, we all hate Ohio State. So, yeah, that's the thing we can unite around because every time Michigan State and Ohio State play each other, I'm a I'm a Spartan yep, for that day. Yep. I'm like, if you if you give us one extra leg up on them come Thanksgiving, 
weekend. Uh, thank you very much. Give them the loss yep. because we need it. it. God, nothing is worse than, you know, insert your article here, Ohio State University. <sighs> yeah, and then all the preseason rankings come out every year, and they're like, Ohio State's going to win. And I'm like, because the NCAA is biased. And, yep. Oh, God. It just Here's the thing about Urban Meyer. <laughs> there there are um as many of you know I, I try to be positive there are very few things in life where i will get very upset about and ohio state is one of yep. them uh so that is that is the one um yeah michigan state and michigan have a very uh very storied rivalry and um just some good statistics to to note here oh. the all-time record michigan does lead uh, the Spartans, 70 wins to 36 losses to five ties, apparently. Uh, five. Yeah, I guess that can still happen. Yeah, I guess that, weird, can, weird. that can happen. Uh, the longest win streak between the two rivals. Uh, Michigan won 14 straight years. Uh, that Traditionally, for those of you out there who are unfamiliar with football, they play each other once per year. And whoever wins that game wins the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Yeah, was that back when we were like MAC? Was that like the Michigan Agricultural College years? Yes. Oh, yes, yeah, it was. It was, was 1916, <laughs> 1916 to 1929. You guys, you guys were like, like <laughs> shucking corn on the sidelines. Yeah. We're playing football. <laughs> All right. I'm going to grab my corn cob pipe and I'll see you on the field. That's who we were back in the day. <laughs> Somebody turned off the lanterns. We can't play football anymore. God, yeah. It's okay, yeah, oh, I'll take those gosh. losses in, in the teens and the, the pre-Great Depression era of Michigan State football. Oddly enough, um, Michigan, during that time period, the first time they lost to Michigan State was in 1929, so maybe that's what caused the Great Depression. The Great Depression. <laughs> Because everybody was so, so upset that Michigan finally lost after 14 years of dominance that, that they were Disney like, movie? I can't. Where's that underdog story? <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry. No disrespect to people who lived through the Great Depression. <laughs> if you're listening right now and you lived through that. Awesome. Thank you for if listening. And also, wow. Go you for living so long. That's incredible. Oh, my God. Um, we're going to be talking more about that soon because I know they play each other this year mm-hmm. on uh, November 11th. Or November 16th, uh, excuse me, it's at Michigan. I don't know if you're going to be going to that game, but if you are, I could definitely make a trip down to Ann Arbor. Just we could maybe do a uh, uh, Friends of the Forest, Living Forest Pod on-site oh podcast. Like, hi, we are, we are, it's, it's two hours until the game, we're already wasted, and we've been screaming profanities <laughs> at each other for hours. How is Star Wars life? And and the funny thing too is that is the same week that Fallen Order and Mandalorian come out. Oh God, I can't handle so that. So we could get really really drunk and talk about it, then go watch football together. Oh, I'm just saying, God. keep the idea in your head. The the viewers want to hear. That's it. an incredible Living Forest Pod and Friends of the Forest listeners want to hear all of that. Oh, just maybe that maybe that'll be a <laughs> maybe that'll be a Patreon tier for, for both of us. We'll, <laughs> we'll get our Patreon officially started up by then. We'll be like, okay. Y'all want your your unplugged, you know, un, unedited version of it. Right, explicit version of it. <laughs> Where we just talk about football the entire time. Dude, the, yeah. I got to say, so one time when I was in college at Michigan State, there was a U of M MSU football game. Again, as, as Brad said, biggest game of the year for both schools. And I was in the student section, which historically very rowdy because it's everyone from 18 to 22. You're your most hormonal. You're your most angry you've ever been. And you're probably illegally intoxicated. 
and these two <laughs> unfortunate uh, uh, female students from the University of Michigan somehow snuck into the Michigan State student section. I have never oh, heard such horrid things yelled at women <laughs> in my entire life. And oh, and, part, and I'm like, oh my god, guys, ease up! But I'm also like, well, yeah, like you can't do that. I would I would be <laughs> a dead in the big house in the student section on game day. Are you kidding me? I'd be terrified. Yeah, yeah. Sports fans. Speaking of like fandoms, sports fans are very aggressive. We're a lot. We're a um, lot. Yeah. 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 It's pretty bad. And and another good uh, for those of you listening um, and don't know much about this rivalry, I do urge you. No matter how much it hurts my heart, this is probably the most pain I've ever felt in my entire life. But in the uh, the great, uh, actually the worst year of my life, 2014, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan and Michigan State were playing at the Big House, which is the Michigan Wolverines' uh, football stadium in Ann Arbor. And I was at that game. I don't, you were probably graduated yeah. by then. I w- I'm assuming probably a year or two mm-hmm. out. But they're playing each other. It's the first year that Jim Harbaugh, the newest, greatest coach, is coaching at the school it's a big year um it's a it's a pretty big deal it's going to test him it's going to test the season it's really going to be the litmus test for it all and michigan is up by three points and it is fourth down there are six seconds left in the game and all michigan has to do is literally just punt the ball down the field that's all they gotta there's do there's no way we, we can score punt. there's no way we could run it back there's, there's no way no there's literally zero chance that they, this will happen i mean it could but it's like very yeah. unlikely Michigan State or Michigan gets the snap, and he, as the announcer was like, he has trouble with the snap. I like, I can literally like, like, line for line give you how the announcer goes. I watch this at least six times a year. This clip. Yes, and he drops the snap on the punt, and Michigan State picks up the ball. They run it in our end zone, and they score a touchdown. And he scores. And, And they won the game. With six seconds left, literally zero chance of it happening, and it happened. Uh, it was the worst. Everybody was so demoralized. Walking through those streets of Ann Arbor was the worst feeling ever. People were just, like, savagely, like, very melancholy. And it was just yeah. nobody wanted to talk to anybody else. It was just so bummed. So this, I was so this particular day, I was in Rochester Hills, Michigan, at a Buffalo Wild Wings where I had been drinking Coors Light <laughs> for a few hours with my dad. And we had, we had like made friends with everyone in the bar because everyone's there is either Michigan, Michigan State, but everyone was super civil. And I have never screamed louder, hugged more strangers. Like it was the most, one of those insane moments of my entire life when we scored that touchdown. And like my dad didn't have a voice for four days. We were just blowing our minds. And there's a famous clip, if you don't know this game, of one of the Michigan students with his, with his head in his hands just like yeah. mouth agape. And at Michigan State University, they took that screenshot and printed it on shirts and sold them for the rest of the <laughs> season. I met that guy at a party one time <laughs> and I took a picture with him. I took a picture with him doing that. that it was like, that's great. Michigan has 50,000 kids and I, at the guy. school and I just happened to run into him at a party. I was like, oh my God. He's like, yeah, I know. And before I even asked him, he put his hands up. Um, but I will I will uh, put that video of that game in the description. Yes. I have I have to talk about Michigan State with yeah, Eric because yeah. the, I've been I've been waiting for this. Love that. Um, so hopefully, if you didn't skip forward from that, hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. Little little sidebar at Friends of the Force because believe it or not, we do love other things besides Star Wars, but primarily Star Wars, yep. and then that's primarily what drives our friends away. 
um, as we continue to ask them, like, hey, have you seen this? Look at this new trailer. Look, it's amazing. Look at this new book. Post scarf. <laughs> Isn't it cool? Alrighty, well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on Friends of the Force today. It was a blast. So much fun, This dude. was fun. <laughs> you're going to keep coming. Like I said, I'm going to keep bothering you. You're going to keep coming back on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sounds we'll good. talk more books. Where can people find you on Twitter, and where can they find you, Teeny? Uh, so, personally, I am at Eric Eilerson on Twitter. Uh, the podcast, Living Force Podcast, is at Living Force Pod. And Utini is utini.com or at utini underscore U.S. Perfect. Yeah, well, everybody listening out there, make sure you go follow Eric and follow the Living Force podcast and follow Utini. The Utini website is incredible. I'm going to link all of that in the description of this episode too, so it makes it real easy for you just to do that one simple click and go follow him. Um, so, Eric, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. So happy to have you as usual. And for all of you out there listening, I want to give a quick thank you to our patrons, uh, Neil Lowry, Royal Farm Boy, Charlie Skywalker, and Aldranian Rose. Thank you guys for supporting the show. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, and if you're interested in joining the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash friendsoftheforce. And we're at Twitter at friendsofforce. So go follow us at those both uh, places. And until next time, may the force be with you always. <laughs>